and welcome to another edition of the Standing Room Only Podcast. I am Ben Standing, and yes, I cover the Washington football team for The Athletic. Coming to you guys Thursday around 6.35 East Coast time. Wasn't sure if I had another podcast in me this week. I already have two up on the uh, on the podcast, but here we are. Big news, of course, uh, just a couple of hours ago, or even less than that, I guess, um, Washington released starting right tackle Morgan Moses and week one 2020 starting left tackle Jaron Christian. We'll discuss all that and more here with uh, our friend Scott Jackson in just a few minutes and I'll share some thoughts. In addition to that, um, I have written about Morgan Moses now multiple times this week. We'll get into it a little bit here, but you can of course read all that on The Athletic. I encourage you to do that. You can subscribe right now for a dollar a month for the first six months. It's a legit deal. Uh, it's a great, you know, what, beyond even the Washington football team, you can obviously check out so much more uh, the, across the NFL, the NBA. Fred Katz is doing a great job on the Wizards. Uh, Britt Giroli on Major League Baseball. Tarek Elbashir on the Caps. There's a lot going on locally beyond beyond just the football team, although it doesn't seem like it, right? By the way, if you missed it this week, I had offensive coordinator Scott Turner on the podcast. Yeah, we didn't really talk about the Washington football team, but I did get into some topics that are related to football. He wanted to talk about the Wizards and Westbrook. We did that, but I think it was a fun conversation. It's been really well received. And also at the beginning of the week, uh, Nikki Jabala from the Washington Post stopped by. We went through a bunch of the questions still remaining on this team. Um, and obviously another one now is going to be uh, the tackle spot. Um, and of course, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and so on. And follow me on Twitter at Ben Standing, where today I put out that uh, Washington, yes, was indeed releasing Morgan Moses, after a couple of days of conversation about his future, um, as I said, I wrote two articles up on The Athletic, two sort of different things. The first was just the, the sort of the immediate news that the team was going to allow Morgan Moses, um, their starter, who has started every game since 2015, played through pain, um, played through injuries, had a pretty good 2020 campaign after a couple of sort of suspect uh, seasons right before that, um, that they were going to allow him to seek a trade. Now, typically, when you get to that seek a trade point, it's probably the end is near. And that end came 48 hours later, more or less, with today's news. I want to explain as best I can kind of what happened there. Um, and we'll talk about Jaron Christian as well. Um, I guess let's start with this. So last week, Friday, Saturday, Washington has its uh, rookie camp. Uh, that included uh, Sam Cosme, their second-round pick, who obviously, you know, you don't you don't trade you, you, you draft somebody in the second round to play, if not start. So um, when they drafted Cosme and Ron Rivera said he was going to move him to the left side, or not move him to, he had started the last two years on the left side at Texas after playing the right tackle as a in his first starting year in college. Um, so okay, so he's going to compete with Cornelius Lucas, perhaps. Um, there was still some rumblings, perhaps they could add a, another. Another tackle. Um, wasn't totally sure, to be honest, if, if Cosme would be viewed as a, as a potential day one starter. And I'm not as concerned about that anymore. But in any event, Ron Rivera had a chance to hang, uh, you know, to, to hang out with Cosme a bit more. Um, he said, Rivera said that one of the things he viewed the rookie camps the most was the opportunity to see these players in person, get a sense for them athletically um, versus what he saw on tape. Now, he didn't specify who that meant. Not even definitively saying he meant Cosme now, but just going to make that 
No. Now, I don't think that meeting led them to say we're going to get Morgan Moses. I think what happened the week before, or move from Morgan Moses, I think what that happened, though, the week before played, or I shouldn't say the week before, sorry, a few days before, because on Wednesday of last week, they signed Charles Leno, as we know, and he's going to be their left tackle, barring the unforeseen at this point. For a one-year, $5 million deal, Leno had been laid off by the Bears in a similar situation to what now happen- has happened here with Morgan Moses. The Bears had drafted a tackle, and they made a salary cap um, move there. So the combination of having Leno and Cosme gives Washington options. And my understanding is that based on having these two players, they decided they felt comfortable to move forward without Moses. Now, obviously, you also still have Cornelius Lucas, and we'll get into some of the depth in just a minute. Um Moving on from Moses is notable on a lot of fronts. I mean, he had, like I said, he had been here for a minute. And I want to explain a little bit more in a second kind of what I think about that. But I just want to go through the sort of the, the TikTok more a little a little bit here. So so the rookie camp happens Friday, Saturday, and we get now to the beginning of this week where the Ryan Kerrigan news happens on Monday. And on Tuesday, Tuesday morning is when I started to hear that Morgan Moses was potentially out. The first thing I heard was that he was going to be released. And I did check on that and was told that nothing was, uh, nothing was happening at that point. Now, if I say at that point, I'm just saying nothing was happening. I was told a couple hours later came, then came the, the report publicly then that in fact, he's been given a chance to be uh, traded and, you know, release is, is, is possibly in the air at that point. Um, and now here we are 48 hours later and he was actually released. So I think the initial report, obviously, that I had was accurate. The, the idea of putting out the trade idea, I believe, essentially is if any team out there, hey, if you want to do something, this is your moment in time. You want to take a guy with two years left on his contract, set to earn salaries of $7.5 million in each of those two years. Um, he Morgan Moses from a uh, – well, yeah, so – you know, you could look at it and say that's not a bad scenario if you're a team. But obviously, you know, do you still want to do that? Um, and look, Morgan Moses, he plays, but he plays through a lot of a lot of pain. He misses practice time and things like that, which isn't to say he's not interesting. Of course, he's interesting. Um, it's just to say, you know, at that point, I think it was sort of a fait accompli on some level that they were going to move on for him. So they, I think, took a shot to see if they could get anything Um for him now how did we get to this point beyond the fact so yeah you got Cosme you got Leno so is it just that or is there other factors well always there's other factors right nothing is you know everybody always wants a, a simple black and white scenario and there's always multiple factors that come into this so let's talk about the money aspect go back to March 1st uh the offseason was about to start and I wrote a 10-point plan um my thoughts on the Washington football team for the athletic and that was the day that Alex Smith was released um that the, the story went up that morning, it included releasing Alex Smith. Um, but Ron Rivera had said before free agency started that part of what they wanted to do with a lot of their salary cap space, or I'm sorry, what they wanted to do with their salary cap space, which was ample, was spend it on players currently on the roster. So Jonathan Allen is obviously an obvious name. and But when I looked down the list, Morgan Moses seemed like another possibility, right? I mentioned the two years at $7.5 million salary, but only... But, but but it had zero guarantees, uh, zero guaranteed money at that point. Um, if you were interested in keeping Moses around longer, longer haul, it would make sense to give him some more, uh, some more guarantees, extend the contract, add a little bit, and so on. Obviously, we kind of know how things fell there. And 
when Charles Leno signed last week, I also wrote sort of, this is really curious, right? There's way too many offensive linemen. You guys have now heard me talk about this. You, you guys know I like to get on these. Uh, I'll repeat things over and over again. I don't do it hopefully out of uh, annoyance. <laughs> I do it because it's interesting. And these are the things that are on my mind. And ultimately, this is why people are listening to me talk about uh, this team. And if I'm talking about the Wizards, who, of course, play in just a, an hour or so. But we won't talk about them here. Um, so, uh, you know, did Morgan Moses' side, you know, seek an extension? Did they pound their fist on the table and say, we want more money. Let's go. Come on. What are we doing here? Um, I don't have a sense that that happened. I, I believe that they inquired that there was intrigue to say, hey, our guy who's been putting his blood, sweat, and tears into this, who's become a staple of this team, who has become a you know, leader in the locker room who is out there every game, no matter what, um, you know, could we get him a little bit more money here? Now, I'd be curious to know what Washington would have thought to do if, in fact, there had they had not signed Charles Leno or perhaps hadn't drafted Cosme or an offensive tackle high in the draft. But that didn't happen, right? So they did the, do those things. So, um, yeah, I don't have any sense that they demanded a trade or that they, like I said, pounded their fist on the table and said, look at that. Um, simultaneously, there's, you know, people putting out that they didn't, request a trade. I mean, nobody said they did, right? What was the initial report that everybody saw on Twitter and elsewhere that Washington allow is allowing him to seek a trade? I mean, I, I can't like I can't get into all the details, but like if you, you know, use your noggin and kind of look at the situations, you can kind of see you know where where information comes from based on the reporting. So if it had been he demanded a trade, that would have been the story. It wasn't the story. So there you go. Now, um, so that's so that's the deal, basically. There, I, I'll just sort of cap off the Moses part here by just saying, Morgan Moses was always a very nice guy to me. Um, always that big smile on his face. Obviously, like I said, played through a lot for this team. You know, a kid from Richmond. It was always nice for him to have camp back um, in his hometown. Um, you know, I've got a great picture with him and his kids. Uh, walking around uh, training camp one year. Huge guy. Obviously, it was uh, tight with Trent Williams. It's fascinating. They're both out of here in a year. And, um, you know, we wish him the best of luck. We'll, we'll see what happens. I would imagine he'll have in plenty of interest. Um, I think like the team like the Jets could be a team to, um, to keep an eye on, perhaps. Um, you know, um, I don't know. Maybe the Cincinnati Bengals who passed on uh, Penny Sewell in the draft. We'll see. Um as for Jaron Christian, look, obviously a 2018 third round pick just did not work out. Um, Mark Bullock likes to give me grief because I've said before that I would, I, I think Jaron Christian, I'd like to see um, what he could do that maybe there's some hope there. Look, he did start the first few games last year. I don't think he was good. I don't think he was a complete disaster, um, you know, but whatever. He got hurt and they decided to move on and clearly they decided to fall out of favor. Um, with that and uh, you know that that pick is not on the Ron Rivera regime that's on the previous one but regardless it doesn't matter um, by the way second round pick that year Darius Geis third round Jaron Christian fourth round Troy Apke oh boy okay that's not gonna that's not gonna do well when you're trying to uh, that's, that's not that's not a great way to, to build to build up a team and so um, 
Jaron Christian, my understanding is that they were looking to see about could they possibly make a trade there. Didn't work out, um, and which isn't that surprising. I would imagine he'll have suitors in the open market, assuming he clears waivers, um, because I'm sure some team will be interested in him. I mean, I remember Mel Kuyper said that Jaron Christian was his. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it was his. Top, it wasn't his top tackle, but it was sort of like his, like personal fave guy in the draft. And you know, look, it doesn't. It didn't work out here. Um, Jaron was a seemed like a sweet kid. Wish him the best, but it didn't work here. So what does that leave Washington? So you've got Charles Leno and Sam Cosme. I would presume they're going to be your starting tackles at left and right, respectively. Now, Cornelius Lucas is still around, right? The swing tackle. That's why they brought him in last year. He ended up starting games on the left side. Um, you now have him there. And look, I would imagine Rivera is going to tell us it's a competition on the right side between Cosme and Lucas. I would presume Cosme will be in the lead, <laughs> but regardless, we'll, we'll see about that. But at least with Lucas, you have a guy who has shown the ability to play on both sides. Uh, you also have David Sharp, a right tackle, who started a couple games, who started a, a little bit last year when injuries struck. And then beyond that, with depth, you have David Steinmetz, who was on the team last year. Rick Leonard, sort of a practice squad guy. Uh, Sadiq Charles is still uh, uh, still floating around. But, you know, at this point with all these moves, it does, it does feel more and more like they're viewing him as a guard. So I would, um, you know, sort of take him off the tackle situation other than just to say, well, you know, if, if, if depending on how things go, somebody to consider. But by and large, I think at this point, he is a he is a guard um, moving moving forward. And just I, I want to talk about sort of the reaction though from the fan base and even other people, people who do to some degree what I do. Um, or at least, you know, in a talky head sort of way. It's sort of this reaction to Rivera. And I, this is what, what I wrote my column today, sort of lo- sort of looking ahead to, you know, looking at the situation. And, and you can find it on The Athletic. And what's so interesting to me is <laughs> the, it, it's just, like I said, it's the reaction, but people are freaking out to a degree that Ron Rivera is exercising his power to... Um, to be, um, you know, you know, to, to, to shape this to shape this team, people are a little bit freaked out that like look at the significant players he sent packing. Um, you know, it's wild how many players he's purged since joining the raw since joining the team in, in 2020. And I'm just like, <laughs> they were three and 13 the year he arrived or the year before he arrived and hadn't had a winning season since 2016. Obviously, they didn't have a winning season last year, but. They did win, um, you know, the, the, the division. We all know how that went. And everybody's been pretty positive about what's happened to them um, this offseason, right? I, I, I think, by and large, everybody seems to like it. So yet, when when some of this comfort food in Ryan Kerrigan, who we talked about earlier in the week, and Morgan Moses go away, people kind of have a conniption fit over this. And it's just super weird to me this way. And I guess I basically just phrased it like, look, Ron Rivera was hired to be in charge of everything. Like, what did you think was going to happen? Did you not want him? Did you, you know, like, I guess my, my basic thing, this is the last paragraph that I wrote in my story. Um, and this is before Moses um, was released. And I, I said, ultimately, if Moses moves on, life will too. Folks will soon return to thinking Washington could repeat as the division champ or at least be poised for success thanks to its young players. They just let sentimentality take over because change is often uncomfortable, even if that's what they hoped Rivera's arrival signaled in the first place. And I think this is the important point here. I can't predict what's going to happen here. I'm not advocating that they made the right move releasing Morgan Moses. I don't know. We will see in time. I mean, 
I talked about this a little bit with Scott, but wow, think of the pressure on Sam Cosby now. He, you know, he's going to be a, some, a semi-anonymous offensive lineman playing in his first, um, playing, you know, in his first NFL season. Not a pressure to start, and if he gets in there, okay, kind of expect young guys to to take a little bit of a time on the offensive line. Now he's being thrust in to basically start. It feels like at right tackle, and it's not just start, but we see he's going to have to do it replacing a guy in Moses. Like let's just say on the left side, he was replacing. Cornelius Lucas or Jaron Christian, that's a little bit less pressure. Now on Moses, there's more. So um, it is interesting. But at the same time, like, this is what Rivera was brought in to do. Did you want him to stay status quo? And by the way, if you think that Rivera is wants his guys, yes, he does. <laughs> he does. This is how this works. If you think Rivera is, is making the decisions is a bad thing, well, let me tell you, here's the, your alternative then. The owner. This was what was happening before. You wanted football people running the show. Now you have football people running the show. This is not a bad thing. I don't, again, I don't know if it's the right thing, but I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. And again, as a reminder, pro football focus, they rated Morgan Moses, I believe number 15 this past year at tackle, which is obviously very good. In the previous two years, using presumably the same metrics, they rated him 52nd and 62nd. And as a reminder, teams start roughly 64, not roughly, 64 tackles start each week. Right, um, Morgan Moses led the league in penalties in 2018. Again, not 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 knocking him on the way out the door. Respect his hustle and his work and his and his uh, you know bravery, frankly, to be out there all the time playing in such pain. But at the end of the day, this is what you this is what Ron Rivera was brought in to do to make changes, and he's made uh, quite a few. And yes, obviously, any anybody is going to come in, and whether you're talking about a coach or a football team or a manager in a business, people tend to want to bring in their own people. We saw this in the, with the front office. We're seeing it on the roster. But again, I would just lastly say here, tell me, point to where he's letting somebody go that is a massive loss. Now, maybe Moses is the top of the list. Are we, are we still freaking out about Quentin Dunbar? They replaced him last year with Ronald Darby, and Dunbar didn't have a very good year in Seattle. Ryan Kerrigan was relegated to a reserve role. And yes, they really you know still have questions there about who's going to back up Chase Young and Montez Sweat, but Kerrigan wasn't going to come back for crazy money and Washington decided they wanted to move on. And I don't blame them for that. Even if you want to talk about Trent Williams, what was Rivera going to do? He already inherited that mess. He got the, he did the best he could. I don't think that's an unreasonable circumstance. They by and large are getting rid of some players. Yes. Turnover happens in the NFL in general. And when you have new coaches, but to that point, I, I don't see that as being a negative, which isn't to say again, it will work out. I don't have a crystal ball for these things. I apologize for that. But I just think at the end of the day, as a reminder, step back. This is what everybody wanted. You wanted football people running the football team. This is what happens. And sometimes that means some uncomfortable moves. This is one of them. We wish Morgan Moses the best. Again, super nice guy. Enjoyed enjoyed chatting with him over the years. And absolutely nothing but respect for the way he got himself ready and stayed in shape and played through pain. It is absolutely remarkable what he was able to do at times. But... This is, this is the business they've all chosen. Um, lastly, just want to mention, um, was discussed a bit on social media today, that um, the longtime receptionist at the Washington um, organization, or she went by Miss BJ, um, she was let go uh, a few days ago. Um, I've heard some quibble over, was she 
let go? Was she fired? Was her position eliminated? I don't know. There seems to be some variance there. Um, or some even want to tell me she retired. I don't, it seems like it's not that case. It seems like it's a let go in some capacity situation. And, uh, look, I, I didn't, I'm not going to lie. I didn't necessarily know her particularly well. I, it wasn't, um, um, you know, other, other seem to have close relationships with them. And if you see, there's a GoFundMe page online that looks like it was put up by the Coolies, as in Chris Cooley and his wife, Maddie, um, um, a lot of people have donated money. You look at the names who are on the list. She was like, Miss BJ was like a mother to a lot of the people in that building, including players. Um, it looked like I saw, uh, it looked like uh, Sean Springs donated some money, Kyle Smith, several former uh, scouts, Gus Farratt. I mean, she'd been here for, I think, close to 28, 30 years, something like that. Um, some 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 scouts, Eric Schaefer was a name that was on the list of people that had donated money. It, it said Tr- Trenton Williams. I, I'm assuming it was Trent Williams, especially because the amount was pretty big. So well, I'm assuming that was Trent Williams and, and so on. Um, you know, but regardless, I wanted to at least mention um, that. And if, you know, um, I wish her the best. And, uh, you know, there's always something going on at this place. <laughs> As this last week has shown, since last Wednesday, it has been a blur. And, you know, we'll see we'll see what tomorrow brings as well. All right. I uh, do still have a little bit more here to get into. My friend Scott Jackson joined me to talk some more about Morgan Moses and reflections there and kind of where things stand with the Washington football team. I will just quickly say Tuesday OTA um, will we'll, uh, we'll be there for that. But now here's my conversation with my pal Scott Jackson on the Standard Room Only podcast. All right, um, now joining me here to sort of dissect the latest transactional news with the Washington football team is our guy. Scott Jackson and uh, <laughs> like we have reached the 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 the, the it's always ha- it would happen somewhere on the calendar for the Washington football team where every day <laughs> there's news there's news happening. I mean, not even going back to last week when they signed Charles Leno and signed Bobby McCain and had a rookie camp. Just since Monday, <laughs> Ryan Kerrigan is officially gone, signing with the Eagles, and now their two starting tackles from Week One last year. Jaron Christian and more notably, of course, Morgan Moses, both released today. Uh, <laughs> I need to a- go back, Ben, to that old motto, uh, 24-7, 365, that Bruce Allen used to love the rollout. In reality, I mean, that wasn't always true, but clearly with this regime, it feels like uh, there's always something going on, at least, you know, I think we would probably look at every month, right? Since Ron Rivera took over, there's been like something big happening, right? So, you know, obviously January of, of 2020, uh, when he it takes over the job to, you know, February and on and so forth and so on. And then you had in the summer when it's supposed to be the quote dead time when you had the stuff with the name change that, of course, Ron, Ron before the season, you know, was revealed about his cancer treatments uh, and what he's undergoing. So, I mean, ever since then, it has been it's just been a crazy cycle. I mean, it's really been very little downtime. I mean, you know, and, yeah. you know, it's, it's just been crazy. Since Ju- July first, right? I think July first when yeah. the uh, when when the first uh, couple when the couple guys were fired in the front office, and yep. then simultaneously the name change happens. Since that time, all the way through now, there essentially has been no dead dead time because even this year we had uh, the season ended, then you had yep. a GM search, uh, the Stafford thing, free agency draft, and here we are. In any event, yep. the late <laughs> the latest. So shake up is, you know, the two tackles, obviously, whatever, Jaron Christian, look, it didn't work out a third round pick in yeah. 2018. You know, we, we don't need to spend too much time there. You know, b- bad picks happened. Clearly that one just d- did not work out. But in terms of Morgan Moses, uh, I mean, you know, I, I guess just uh, to your, to your view, 
it's it, it is surprising to the standpoint of you don't usually see a player who has been as established as he is who, who started every single game since the start of what the 2014 20, no, 2015 season but he was came in 2014 something like that I my brain is not working um <laughs> uh you know he he's been obviously durable plays through pain and he had a pretty good year yeah, last I thought year, he had by, a really good year by most measures even though the two previous years not so not particularly hot so it's just unusual and it's not like his money was outrageous but he only had 1.9 million of dead cap money this year and zero guaranteed money so it kind of made for an easy transition when all this started coming down all over the last couple of days and now with the release today what what came to mind for you well i mean i was like there's got to be more to the story right it's not just they suddenly woke up and said man we really don't like morgan moses anymore we got to get him out of here i mean you know something happened it was you know i would imagine you know i think you've reported on this they wanted a, an extension uh, the football team wasn't ex- as excited about doing anything like that. And they obviously have a lot of depth all of a sudden at that position uh, with what they're able to do in the draft and free agency here. And I think uh, it came down to that and they started looking at it and, and, you know, and who knows, maybe, maybe, you know, we'll never know. And I thought he had a good year. I'm with you. I thought it was one of his best years. I thought he kind of hushed up some of the critics and the, and the fan base that really always on him about the holding penalties, et cetera. I thought he cleaned a lot of that up last year for the left tackle at times last year. As you said, he's always been healthy or, you know, he'll play even when he's not healthy, excuse me, he'll always battle through it. Um, so I, 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 yeah, I mean, I think it's surprising. Um, but at the same time, I think, you know, what one of the things that's been pretty true here with Ron Rivera is he's um, he doesn't seem to be caught up in a whole lot of sentimentality with, with anybody that was here before him, <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of like, Hey, you know, we're going to do what we think is best for us. And um, we're going to, we're going to move on. And, and they obviously think this is the best move. Will it be the best move? I don't know. I mean, I will find out. I mean, they obviously, you know, think they have some solutions there, but you know, this is something that everybody's going to be watching, you know, because this is a bold move. There's no, there's no question about it. It's interesting on some level. It now feels like there's way more pressure on the second round pick Sam Cosme than there is on the Mm -hmm. first round pick Jamie Davis. Now, obviously Jamie Davis, I think projected, we're all kind of assuming he's going to start at least in the base four, three defense. And then the question is how quickly does he, does he prove himself to be as part of the sub package with either Bostic or John Bostic or Cole Holcomb, but okay. You're kind of like, well, that's expected and, and needed here. Look, second round picks, usually play and play often but when you draft him even at the point they drafted Cosme when you didn't have um you at that point didn't have a Charles Leno um you know the, the sense I had from some scouts was that people liked him but just like yeah you know he's got to work on some technique stuff maybe it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to to not play immediately but that said he started three years at Texas he has plenty of experience in that regard he has played both sides of the line and when he was drafted Ron Rivera said we're going to throw him over on the left side and see what happens. Yeah, not anymore. <laughs> right, not 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 anymore. So yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it, he's going to have to come in now. Like I'm not going to. I well, we'll see what I think in, in August or September. I'm not going to sit here and go, "Wow, what a disaster!" If Cosme, right. for whatever reason, isn't starting week one, you still have Cornelius Lucas at a minimum, and David Sharp is another guy who is a right tackle. So you have a couple other options. But at the same time, yeah, it does. It's, it is odd that now the second round pick is the one where. Maybe not most of the eyes will be on, but it's definitely a very different conversation now with him than we were looking at a couple of days ago. Yeah, and, I, and look, I think they've um, 
you know, they, they obviously liked him a lot to take him there, but there was a reason why people would say, Hey, he's got first round talent, but he slipped into the sixth round. I think there were some things that uh, obviously some scouts weren't all that excited about and some other franchises weren't excited about. And that's why he, he fell back there, but that's not, you know, look, he's, you're right. In a sense, there'll be more eyes on him. He'll be under more scrutiny <clears throat> in a sense, maybe than, than Davis in a lot of ways. Cause again, this, this pick is going to be weighed as to wherever Morgan Moses go, whatever he does, however he does, you know, and, and how this, right tackle position works out for Washington now. But like I said, like it's a bold move. I mean, uh, one of the things I've always respected about Ron Rivera, and obviously we haven't heard him say anything, you know, uh, about this yet outside of them putting out a release that, you know, Morgan was released is he doesn't seem to dwell a whole lot on the decisions. Like it doesn't seem to be, he doesn't seem to be one of those guys that gets eaten up by it. You know, whether it was the two point conversion that failed in, in uh, New York or in New Jersey against the Giants or, or what you know, late game timeouts or lack thereof, you know, the use. He, he doesn't seem to get caught up in all that stuff. And you know, there's some coaches that'll talk themselves into not sober, like, well, maybe we should, you know, like play that game with the what if game. But he really, I, I like the fact that he does have like a confidence about what he does and what his belief system is. Now, doesn't mean he's perfect, doesn't mean he's always right, but I do think, um, it is again a, a bold decision, and I think it's one that they, um, they're not afraid to uh, they're not afraid to pull the trigger on. So I'm curious about about this. So I wrote a column today for the athletic went up this morning before all this that basically saying I watched the reaction to the, the idea that Moses mm-hmm. would be either traded or you know released. And boy, you, just, you know, various reactions to Ron is run amok with power. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, things along along those lines that are I'm telling you, man, my brain is fried. There's just too much happening. <laughs> uh, I had coffee. Uh, my coffee ran out of me a long time ago. And I'm just sort of like, and I saw people on Twitter after the, the news came out, like saying, boy, Ron, he only, he just wants his guys. Maybe. Here's my basic <laughs> thinking to this. Did I miss something here? Did we not spend the last 20 years saying we wish Dan Snyder wasn't running the show, that none of his lackeys were running the show, that we want football yeah. people running the show. I, I say the royal way. I'm not we. I mean, yeah, if right, you're right. one of these people, yeah. was this not the conversation? Even people like us who were, you know, emotional, emotionless uh, observers, like we, 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 we want to see the right things happen for whatever, just for the logic. So like, what am I missing here? Okay, Ron Rivera is a football guy, a longtime player, a two-time coach. He's twice won coach of the year. Now it is his first rodeo as essentially a GM. Uh, on Monday, before the Kerrigan news or before the before the Moses news, what, what, what were we hearing? Wow, Washington has improved the most uh, yeah. or, or has improved a lot. In fact, in the athletic, uh, Robert Mays, one of our, our one of our main podcast voices and, and a columnist, he wrote a story about the five teams that improved the most. He had Washington number one. Now, I, we, we can quibble about some of these things about whatever, but the point is, how did we go from people being so optimistic, and, but because people, because he's moved on from two people you're familiar with, part of your family, guys like Kerrigan and Moses that you know so well that somehow this is upsetting? Because what I wrote basically was, what people aren't really upset is the moves. They're upset they don't like change. They don't like the mom and pop store in the corner now turning in to a Nando uh, Perry Perry. well and i think if you would have asked people going into last year if this would have happened do you think the reaction would be like it was now i mean because again i thought a lot of people were very hard on morgan going into last season you know the fan base wasn't really happy with the guy but uh you know he had a really solid year and he you know again he switched switched sides you know when needed in a pinch and did a good job but like it's a surprising and it's a bull move but like if you didn't understand that ron rivera had all the power in the organization 
uh, besides the owner. I mean, you haven't been paying attention since day one. I mean, Dan Snyder, when he said, you know, happy Thanksgiving to everybody, laid out this was going to be coach-centric, i.e. like they do in New England. Um, you know, that this was, or that's actually EG. I'm sorry. I always screwed that up. Um, anyway, it's like they do in new England and he was going to be the guy in charge, you know, and I, you know, and that's the way it's going to be. And yeah, for better or for worse, he's going to make the decisions that are either going to work or they're not going to work. So, um, again, I will find out it's, it's easy to sit here in May saying it's a terrible move because nobody's ever seen, you know, uh, Cosme played and obviously, you know, we don't know how Lucas will, will perform over there. He performed pretty damn good on the left side last year. Um, he needed in a pinch, but you know, and what do they do with the money, Ben? I mean, like, that's the other part. Like, so, okay, great. You got all this cap space. Now, if this means, Hey, they've locked up some important players, going to get a branded sheriff deal done somehow between now and in July 15th, uh, and a John Allen deal that I think people feel a lot better about it. But if it's just like, Hey, we got all this cap space, you know, it's like, Okay, can you give some to the Wizards? I mean, you know, I mean, it doesn't do you guys. You're not using it. Can you give it to somebody in town who needs it? I mean, you know what I'm maybe, saying? So, maybe in line of my my interview with Scott uh, Scott Turner, maybe they're yeah. signing Russell Westbrook to maybe. come play to come play uh, on, on, on offense. That would be that would be quite 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 the story. Yeah, no, that's interesting for sure. It's over. It's right. It's roughly about twenty two million dollars. They saved just under a million. I think about nine hundred twenty thousand on Jaron Christian, and then uh, seven point seven roughly on on Moses. Um, Moses dead cap was 1.9 million Christian, like 250,000 or, or 240,000. I don't have the exact number. I tweeted it yeah. earlier. Um, so yeah, some savings there. We'll see what they do. Right. The, I mean, one thing Rivera said early on in the, the off season was with all the money they had that they, it wasn't just about spending it on new guys that they did want to right. add, keep some of their own. And I, the two guys I wrote about weeks ago, it was a story, the story that they, went out the day that Alex Smith was released, I think was extend Jonathan Allen and what about what about Morgan Moses and I think they just decided that Morgan Moses to extend him would not be where they wanted to go and I get it if you're Morgan Moses you have no guaranteed money left on your deal that's a that's a tough place to be he's obviously had a bunch of injuries he wants a little more security whatever have you so I get him wanting more and I'm not saying I, I get that they decided they would move on it is, it is a risk uh, we, we, like you said we don't know what to make of Cosme but they do have some of their options. They probably feel decent about Cornelius Lucas based on his performance last season. So they think it's a calculated risk to move forward. And yes, to a degree, Morgan Moses maybe isn't a Ron Rivera guy. Now, I would say he gave Brandon Scherf $18 million yeah. as a guard. He didn't have to. He's not a Ron Rivera guy, but he did that. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, it, it, it is fascinating. And it just, it just doesn't, it just doesn't stop. Um, well, and it, look, it gets the attention of the room. If you thought this team was going to be complacent going in, oh, we won a division at seven and nine, which they shouldn't be. But, you know, if you thought there was like any room to be comfortable around here and you see that they could run out Morgan Moses, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it should be a wake-up call for some for these guys. I mean, we talk about different, you know, positions and you know, Ron Rivera likes competition, you know, in all, in, in all these positions. And I think he's built up some areas where you'll see some of that. I mean, especially the wide receivers. I mean, like there's some guys that have been here for a few years that really should not be comfortable about their roster spot going into the season. I mean, they really, you've got to be ready to fight, uh, have great training camp and preseason because, you know, there's going to be, there's some, there's going to be a numbers crunch there, but yeah, I mean, I, I just look at it and, you know, like they always say, sometimes the sports is better to go to year, better to go a year early than a year late with somebody. Maybe that was also their mindset where like, look, he wants this contract and these are the parameters. We don't want to do that. We're not going to want to do it next year. So let's just move on now. Then I guess you could say, well, 
you know, that was dumb. Why not just play for this year, be a little selfish and kind of keep him. But if he's going to be a holdout, I don't know if he was going to do that or not, but you know, I'm just kind of playing this out just because we don't have a whole lot of information on now, or if he's going to be, you know, we don't want this to drag out to a Trent Williams situation either. And I don't know if it was ever going to get to that point, but I don't know. I mean, it's what it's interesting. I'll, I'll be interested to hear what Moses has to say about it. Again, I don't think Rivera will say a whole heck of a lot. You know this. Uh, he don't say a whole lot normally when, when people go. He just, you know, they put out the release and they and they go. I mean, that's it. So I, I don't think we'll get a whole lot of insight from his side of it. No, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to the, we'll talk to Rivera Tuesday's uh, OTAs, the, the first of, of three OTAs, the, the one day that we get to be out there as media. So we'll talk to him for that. Uh, I need to let you go. Anything else you would like to address to the world before I let you address go about the Washington the world. football? Wow, uh, you, the, the the platform is yours. I have a powerful podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, because I'm afraid this will be dated. The, the basketball team will have played by the time, so I'm not. I'll, I'll stay away from that. But um, um, now, you know what? I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it's always great being on the show. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm gonna leave it at that. All right, fair, big fair. time, big time listener. <laughs> I appreciate that. Go go follow Scott on Twitter at Jackson Sports. It's not like I don't see. That's it all. correct. That's all I see all the time, but I'm not looking at it. It's like phone yeah, numbers. I, I don't remember anybody's phone number anymore. I just like hit some buttons. Right. Um, go follow Scott there, of course. Um, and uh, Scott, man, I appreciate it. We'll talk soon. All right. I'll see you Tuesday, hopefully. All right. Many thanks to Scott. I really appreciate Scott jumping on really quick to 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 get some to, to share his thoughts on Moses. He's obviously been Scott's been around this team for a long time and has participated in the Washington football team pre and post game shows for years, and of course a, a radio stalwart as. Well, uh, boy, I don't even know what to say. I feel like I'm, I'm forgetting some things. My head's spinning. I've talked a lot here. Um, hopefully that's cool for everybody. Just, of course, quickly, if you, if you haven't already subscribed to The Athletic, I encourage you to do so. A dollar for a month right now. You can, of course, also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you do your podcasting. And um, follow me on Twitter at Ben Standig. Um, I don't know. That's it. Um, more to come. OTAs, they'll be out next week. Um, I'll have a, a, a fresh article, I believe, on Monday on The Athletic. And, of course, more podcasts coming up here on the Standard Room Only podcast. But until next time, see ya.